Hello, and welcome to Better Betting. Here are your hosts, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill, and the ruler of the replays, Eric Rubin. Hey, and welcome to Better Betting. My name is Eric Rubin, and I'm here with my partner, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill. GQ, how be you? I'm, uh... Fresh from uh, a laser peripheral iridotomy. Sounds ugly, but it's actually like a 30-second procedure. (laughs) I was basically told on Monday during my annual exam that um, there are angles in your iris that will close up if you have a lot of dry eye. And from last year to this year mine substantially closed and if they close all the way you go blind so i enjoy watching um live racing so uh i am was very uh willing to listen to my eye doctor and say you need this procedure asap so my right eye was the worst so they did my right eye today and then in two weeks, I go have my left eye done. Maintains my current vision. So it's not like LASIK that, ah, I don't need glasses anymore. So I'm sure that was two minutes of podcast. We really didn't need to divulge, but you asked. So. <laughs> oh, well, gladly you, you made <laughs> cutting out. So I don't know how much people heard. So that's good. At least oh, God. Something that. They heard most of it, though. Maybe a little blank here and there but they got the gist of it i I just assume based on some of your uh horse selections that you've given me that you are already a little blind but i'm glad to know that you're uh on the road to recovery well like they always say you know whenever i do pick a winner you know blind even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while so all right hopefully our our connection gets better oh gosh so uh, you took a poll on Twitter looking for some guidance this week, uh, what we should talk about, and the results surprisingly were overwhelming. Do you want to divulge them? Yeah, I don't remember 100% the numbers, but uh, I figured Keenan would win. Uh, but as you mentioned, it was an overwhelming winner. It had like 85% of the vote. I think we had like 50 or 60, maybe even 70 votes, something like that. So it was about 80% or 85%, if not more, was for Keeneland. So we're going to head to Keeneland uh, for this week's late pick five. It came up a nice uh, little card, I think. You know, a couple of races I don't love to bet per se, but, you know, some things I like about it and the field size is okay. New York, I looked at the late pick five very briefly. It was okay, I guess, size-wise. It wasn't a big, you know, big fields, but it wasn't tiny. So it would have been okay, and uh, it was probably between those two tracks in the end. So we're going with uh with Keeneland and uh we will head down to Kentucky where some excitement happened uh last week with the people's elbow during the uh Churchill race. I don't watch Churchill, <laughs> so I wasn't watching live, but heard a yeah. lot about uh Sonny Leone throwing the bows. Was poor that guy, what, he, what you he, saw it? Yeah, poor guy. I mean, he was just uh trying to emulate probably one of one of his mentors, you know, a guy he looks up to in this industry, Irad. You know, you want to look back at the Remsen last year, uh Irad head on. Looked like he did exactly the same thing. 
and Sonny did. But uh, I guess luckily enough, Sonny lost the race fair and square, even with the shenanigans. So there wasn't any DQ involved. But I rattle Modonigal beat Zandon by a nose and nothing to see here. It's Irad. You you had some some choice words to say about Irad based on today's Thursday's race. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> race four on Thursday. I mean, you can watch the replay. I, I know he's a, I know he's arguably the best jockey in the world, but he was trying to do his thing and cut off. Uh, I can't remember the horse, the six horse, the Clement horse. Um, he thought that was the horse to beat. Who was coming, getting a perfect trip that six horse behind the speed. Ira was was kind of battling a little on the lead. Looked like Ira had a lot of horse. He was battling the two horse and Kendrick Carmouche. He probably saw the six Clement horse. I think it was uh, Trevor McCarthy coming. And when Trevor angled out, Ira got a little wide. And then he cut off uh, Trevor like uh, at the eighth pole. He was basically playing games with Trevor, trying to not let him go by, which is why you can't get anywhere within three lengths of Ira. You got to go way away from him. But the point is uh, that in the meantime, he was doing all that. I don't think he noticed Kendrick Carmouche coming back on the inside and beat him. So, uh, I, And when he did, it was too late. His horse couldn't get up. I think he would have, I don't want easily, but I think he definitely would have won the race if he was just concerned about riding against Kendrick and not worrying about, you know, trying to send Trevor on his ass or whatever. But I could be wrong. I'm not a jockey. That's the way I saw it uh, in that race. And we're recording this after the third leg of the early of the pick six on Thursday. And there was a carryover and, very well, maybe we'll know before we get off here, but very well uh, could be a, a double carryover uh, going into Friday, which I really can't do much about because once we're done here, I have uh, some basketball obligations until probably about 9, 30, 10 at night. And at work tomorrow, I have zero time to uh, to look. So I will not be betting a double carryover. If there is one, hopefully it's a triple carryover Saturday if, <laughs> if there is a double. But uh, good luck out there if you are betting it. The double carryover. Uh, since we are a little stressed for time, we're trying to keep these under an hour. Do you want to uh, just jump into the races or you have anything you want to uh, chat about beforehand? Yeah, sure. But I mean, everybody from time to time bitches about jockeys and whatever. But I think everyone kind of has one jockey that seems like when they bet them, they can't win. But if you toss them, they beat you. Uh, years ago, there was a, a, a jockey by the name of William J. Passmore who rode exclusively in Maryland. He was that kind of guy. He was always like a top three leading rider at every meet, but I couldn't get him to win on a horse that I bet when he was on to, to save my life. So, um, yeah, I'm sure everybody has stories about certain jockeys who are decent jockeys, but when they bet them, they're nowhere. But I, I always say I can make a four to five favorite stop on a dime in the stretch. If I yeah. <laughs> well, you can I, I think you can um, attest to this. I rarely because we speak a lot about horses and I, I don't think I really kill jockeys too much. I, I, tell me yeah, if I'm wrong, but yeah. I rarely comment like, oh, what a bad ride, like maybe once every yeah, 25, right. 30 days at most. So I'm not really a, a jockey killer, but that was uh not a great ride today. Uh, and it, I don't even know if it affected me, to be honest. So uh, it, it really uh, wouldn't have, it was, but. It was probably a claimer I read. You know, a claimer during the week I read could care less. He waits to, oh. you know, put his best foot forward on Saturdays and graded stakes. 
I guess, but there's a horse I like coming up. And oh, it's not. I thought it was Irad at four to five, but it's not Irad in the uh, race coming it's, up in Belmont. Anyway, Pratt, isn't it? Pratt. It's the uh, race seven. This is where you know it kind of can segue into our uh, betting talk and our uh, Keelan talk. But you know, you have to make a decision on when to bet horses and when not to. So Belmont at Aqueduct race seven on Thursday. By the time you're listening to this, the race is long over. The one street czar to me looked like he was probably not going to lose this race when I looked at the race earlier today, but he's four to five. I mean, I'm not betting it. I'm just sitting out the race, but that's where, you know, if he was like five to two, two to one, even I'd probably bet him, but at four to five, I don't really want him. And I'm not going to bet anyone else. Cause I, I, well, we're on the air now and I don't even remember who else I might've liked uh, as an alternative, but uh, that's where you got to make decisions. Cause it's not just betting horses you like, it's got to be at the price you like for the most part. So anyway, why don't we jump into this Keeneland uh, Late Pick 5 opening weekend. I believe it opens on Friday. So if you're someone who cares how the track's playing, you might want to check Friday and see if it's uh, playing fairly or not. Uh, weather, I uh, believe, is uh, good. It might be a little chilly, but otherwise good down uh, in Lexington. Have you ever been to Keeneland GQ? I forgot uh, if we haven't spoken. I, that is one of the major tracks that has escaped me, mainly because... They have the spring meet in April, and they have the fall meet, you know, this time of year in, in October. And both of those, April and October, in the past have been bad months for me to be free to travel there. So that's my excuse for not getting to Keeneland. So. How dare they have a spring meet in the spring and a fall meet in the fall? That I know. so nervy of them. Really? Uh, I would but say I a few years know. back. It, it seems like a wine and cheese crowd to me. Yeah, it probably is for the most part. I'm not an expert. I was there once. Like I said, I think it was three years ago. Actually, maybe four because I think it was for giving away my age now. It was my 40th uh, birthday trip. My wife uh, booked me a trip down there, and we had a nice time. Uh, well, I did. I don't know if she did. but <laughs> I had a good time, but it was freezing. It was snowing. I, I won't get off on a tangent, but uh, I would <laughs> highly recommend checking out a horse farm way down there. There's so many of them. Uh, I saw a uh, pin oak stud, which was really great. They, very small. And the woman, uh, Miss Abercrombie, who ran it, passed away in the last year. So I don't even know what's going on with them. I, I think they're still operational. But uh, they had Broken Vow as their main sire. And they only had um, maybe Astrology was the other. They had like two um, stallions, I guess you call it. Uh, you know, a bunch of mares there. But I, I really enjoyed it. And they were so nice to us. And they saw my wife and I love horses so much. And they gave us her seats to the races which uh she has like an owner's box or whatever you know it's basically like a box overlooking the track nothing too fancy but it was nice of them uh to do that for us it was like 32 degrees out and snowing so we didn't sit outside but um it, it was thoughtful then i would recommend that and right across from uh the racetrack kentucky castle we did a bourbon tasting class or something like that it was just a lot of fun down there i, I enjoyed my time i wish we actually stayed longer but we weren't there for too long, but speaking of Keeneland, race six on Saturday begins the late pick five. It is the Woodford. Oh, I'm getting the one second signal from GQ. So before I, I go into I, race I, six, I, what I, you got? I, no, 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 no. I, I just wanted to add, you were wondering about the temperature. So meteorologist GQ got on it and it appears to be zero chance of rain from Thursday afternoon through Saturday. Be a bit chilly, though. Sunny on Saturday, high 61, 
low probably overnight 36 hmm. so i'm sure all the talking heads who are on site from sunny california will be there with their winter gloves on when it's 50 degrees so well i love that right. kind of weather this so was, i'm <laughs> this was supposed to be a short uh one and we're just bull crap and more <laughs> 20 well, minutes we are i don't know we, we are but all right anyway so let's grade. get into it. race six woodford grade two five and a half furlongs on the turf for uh the boys are in this i don't think there's any girls in it and i guess you have to start when you look at race six with the favorite golden pal uh four to five on the morning line you just have to decide what you want to do with golden pal here that's my opinion i would either single golden pal if you like golden pal um, if you want to play against Golden Fowl, Pal, you think he's vulnerable, then use as many horses you have to to survive the race, I guess, if you're going against Golden Pal, because you'll get paid. And if you don't want to bet him at four to five range or whatever he's going to be, but you're also afraid to go against him because you think he's probably going to win, then, you know, maybe wait for the pick four or, you know, sit out the race. Um, uh, I think Golden Pal is going to win. I just have to decide how the odds dictate what I do here at four to five. I'm really torn whether I want him. I mean, his speed figure wasn't like amazing. Like he got a hundred fire speed figure. I'm sure. His bridge number was good and all, but for him, it was not like his typical one Oh five, one ten. but you know, he was three wide last out um, at Saratoga it was his first race back from uh, Ascot. It was a grade three where he probably wasn't even cranked up. And yeah, he didn't look like all that impressive in a way because he was barely beating horses who aren't amazing. They're nice horses, but not like amazing horses. But he got the job done. He did what he had to do. He ran a solid race. He probably improves off of that race. He's probably going to win this one. I'll mention a few other horses here that if I was betting against him or if I was convinced Golden Powell would win that I might want to use underneath. And unfortunately, I don't really have large prices here um the two other horses that i'd be interested in are you know before i do that gq we'll have a little uh cliffhanger what, what are your thoughts here on golden pal there's a horse that you just said because we spoke very briefly before the show it sounds like you're seeding the race is that a, the right use of the word i don't know but you're seeding the race to golden pal am i wrong putting those words in your mouth conceding conceding can you say seeding i think you can say seeding c-e-d-e no, C-E-D-I-N-G, like to give, to see land, you're seeding the race? Sure. Yeah. I think, I, good. I think even, even though, like you said, that Saratoga race, uh, you probably wasn't cranked up, didn't get all that great of a speed figure, but it proved one thing, that he doesn't have to be on the lead. I mean, you know, leading up to probably the Ascot race, where you know that that's a toss um yeah the question is if there's other speed how's he going to handle not being on the lead and he did just fine you know breaking awkwardly uh you know just look at you know his his races they're all grade twos grade ones and he's going off you know less than even money so it's hard to make a case against him and it's, you know, because even though there is other speed in here, the seven Artemis city limits and speed and, you know, uh, you have a little lesser quality horse, uh, uh, bad beat Brian, you know, they're, they're not his type of speed, but 
you know, they, they can go out there. So it's, it's hard to, you really have to dig to try and find anything that could say, okay, well, if you know, Golden Pal brings his B, only his B game, who here when they run the race of their life can, can jump up and do it? You know, who knows? You know, maybe uh, the horse on the outside, three year old, uh, you know, who Mark Cassie took over, uh, has Flavian Pratt just put Pratt on the horse, you know, get, gives him an edge. But Tyler's no, you know, who rode him second in uh, minor stakes uh, at Saratoga. But, you know, hey, second time blinker. So there's a, there's an excuse to like him, but I I just think Golden Pal will just toy with him. So unfortunately, the sequence becomes a pick four. Yeah, and I'm uh, you know, I, I'm gonna I don't know if the morning line's right, but if Artemis City Limits is a second choice, it might actually make me bet the race because I'm against him. But a little disclaimer: I'm against Artemis City Limits almost every race, and he keeps <laughs> winning or running well. So I just feel he always gets these easy leads, and but he's got speed, and if he doesn't get an easy lead, he could sit off the pace even if uh if he needs to, and maybe get a good trip. But I'm I'm against the seven Artemis City Limits, the two horses who I think. If I was going to bet either underneath Golden Pal or if I was trying to beat Golden Pal and I wanted to lean on a couple of horses, uh, five gear jockey at eight to one. There's a horse who about a year ago was was arguably one of the top sprinters in the country. Uh, he kind of I don't want to say came out of nowhere. It's almost like Artemis City Limits. He was just running an allowance race in New York and stuff and just slowly getting better and better and better. He obviously put that huge number up at Kentucky Downs uh, last year when he won the turf sprint there. I, I know it looks like he's not in the same form this year, but his races are better than they look. In the turf sprint at Churchill, he got two back. He got steadied. That was on May 6th. If you remember, that was a, a tough race. Arrest Me Red, Brand, who just came back to win the uh, turf sprint at uh, Kentucky Downs this year. Th- there were a lot of um, good horns in that race. Uh, who was the one who just lost as a favorite in um, California in a sprint? I forgot the name of the horse who I didn't really like, but we covered last week on the show. So, Gear jockey, two back with that steady. I can use that as an excuse. And then last race, he was three wide the whole way, and he was going against a really tough field. I mean, Casa Creta we'll mention later. Uh, Arrest Me Red, obviously, is very good sprinter. So that was a tough field, and he was wide. I don't know. Maybe he has tailed off, but I, I would not put it by him to jump up with a good race. And the other horse if I was going to go, I'm just concerned class-wise, and I honestly thought you might get a bigger price, but I guess not. Um, that's a six oceanic, if that's how you pronounce it, for trainer Jordan Blair, which is one reason why I thought maybe we can get a bigger price. Julian Leperu doesn't always attract much uh, money. This is a horse who ran against a bunch of these two back at Ellis Park. And if you go to that August 7th race at Ellis Park that you have Bad Beat Brian coming out of, All in Sync coming out of, Oceanic coming out of, and I thought there was one more. Yes, Charcoal. Charcoal. Yeah, thank you. That race was a three way ding-dong battle basically and it favored closers the further back you were the better and oceanic was right off on the pace chasing three wide the other speeds a three to one shot faded to eighth out of nine uh 14 to one shot was seventh and one horse kind of stopped running otherwise they would have been last so the the pace fell apart he held pretty well i thought he was the best out of that race and then he came back, and I don't know, if I don't bet Colonial too often, but maybe I bet it that day. I have no idea. If I did, I would have had Oceanic because I would have loved him out of that last race. And he got 9-1, to one, and that was probably the time to bet Oceanic. But 
you're still going to get a decent price because now you're stepping into graded competition. But I just thought he was better than those other horses uh, headed in the right direction too. So um, those are the other two other than Golden Pal. And like I said, I, I don't want to see it and say I'm definitely betting Golden Pal and singling him moving on. I'm definitely going against him. But those are two horses. And if I was trying to beat Golden Pal, I would use almost everyone here. I wouldn't use County Final. I tried to beat Artemis City Limits, so I wouldn't blame you for using them. And I don't really care for Charcoal the Eight. So, you know, if I was going against Royal Golden Pal, obviously five and six, Gear Jockey Oceanic are my main two, but I'd throw in the two, Baby Brian, three all in sync. And, uh, Maybe that's it. Oh, and the nine, the one you mentioned, Katamosa, the three-year-old. I don't love any of those, but they're all capable, I guess, if if um, Golden Pal's not great. So that's how we start this off. Was there anything else you want to add about that race? No, we can move on. All right, good. A few more opinions coming up now that are a little stronger for me, uh, and that would be in race seven, the thoroughbred Club of America, grade two, six furlongs on the dirt. And I'm not a huge pace guy, like trying to figure out pace, but there does seem – like a good amount of pace in this race. The two Palm Cottage has recently shown speed. I mean, he used to show speed a little bit, but now it's like all the time, or she, I should say. Uh, you also have, who else? Slammed has some speed coming in from California. You have Joyful Cadence, the eight horse, who is a, a speedball himself. And then Happy Soul, the nine, who uh, has a ton of speed. So it doesn't always work out. And sometimes one horse just goes, but on paper, it looks like a lot of speed, which is good because... I'm betting a couple of horses I like who are off the pace type horses. So GQ, you want me to start with my analysis or you want to go first? Uh, no, you, you can go. The, the only one I was really looking at and I was like, Oh, you know, when I saw who was right, riding Her, I'm like, well, I don't think I'll pick her because I read will take money on a billy goat so i kind of landed on the three horse club car for the sake of the pace scenario but i mean you look up in the dictionary and there's a picture of club car under the word seconditis i mean 13 <laughs> times out of 28 start second with only five wins uh one for seven on uh, Keeneland again, four times second. This horse just loves at the distance, two for 17, 11 times second. This horse is a dream to put second in the exacto. But first time I read will be uh, riding her. So maybe, just maybe he can pull off some magic. But, you know, I think she'll probably go. She's nine to two more in line, you know. Is that is that the I ride factor or is that a real morning line for her? Um I so I, I, I well land, I like the horse. I'd land there. Yeah, I, I like the horse. <laughs> this race it, it didn't come up all that I mean I, you can argue it came up strong like speed figure wise, it's not bad, but if you look at like class level, who's a grade two winner in this field? You have Sconston who has who has a ton of backlash, a grade one winner, I want to say. Maybe not a grade one winner, maybe never got the win, but won a grade two. Second in a grade one, it's possible one in grade one that's not on the screen here. But um, so you have Sconson, who has a lot of back class, but we'll talk about Sconson if uh, she's still the same. You have Club Card did at least come in uh, second, losing by a neck to Bells the One in a grade two, and Bells the One's a grade one winner. So that was a pretty impressive race. And you're going back like five races. And then I thought there was one other grade two winner. Maybe there wasn't. Uh, most of these either haven't even run in grade two or grade one, or you know they're more grade three and allowance or overnight stakes type so from a um class point of view it's not the toughest field but you do have like four-year-olds who are improving so it's a competitive field and i do like club car and 
ironically, she's my second pick, and you said she comes in second a lot, so maybe I'll keep her for second um, instead of using her to win. But the reason I liked her, I mentioned she ran that um, second in a grade two against uh, Bells one in this same race last year. So she ran pretty well in this race last year. Now, it's set up for closers, if I remember correctly. I didn't watch the replay, but Bells one came from the clouds, and I'm pretty sure that was a, a closer favoring race. But regardless, this year, she's actually done better than it looks, I believe. She ran in the grade one, the Madison, against some real tough ones. Kamari, who I love, Bell's the one. Just one time, who got really good for a couple races. Uh, Irad rode that horse. Uh, I know he won a big race in Florida with her, put up like a 100 speed figure or something like that by her, and then came back and had that win. She ran very well, or much better than it looks in that race. It was an insane pace. She was, If you're dueling in a three-way duel against grade one top horses in the country, um, and, and even though she ended up quitting, I mean, that's impressive to be able to keep up with them for that long. And that was seven for lungs. It's only six and she's probably better at six. So I, I thought that was much better race than it looks in Madison. She came back and she didn't run great in the, uh, Roxland. It was a sloppy sealed track. So you can argue maybe that's not her thing, although she's run well in the wet, but all right, I'll give her a little excuse. She came back in the regret at Monmouth and I thought she ran very well. It was like a merry-go-round race. She closed. The winner was an eight to five shot when easy lead Eddie or Edie Meany. And that horse was being caught by Club Carp. They go another few strides. Club Carp goes by an eight to five shot and an easy lead. Now, the argument is the class level. Was that really a tough field? Not nearly as tough as this, but it wasn't like a cakewalk. So I, I think Club Carp is a, a good shot. You mentioned the speed. Uh, she can sit off the pace. The horse that I prefer uh, at similar odds is the four, Caribbean Caper. Now, if the three, uh, club car is like twice the price. I'll go with the three, but uh, anywhere similar or even a little shorter, I, I prefer the four. And that's my top pick here. Um, the only question is the class level with this one. Also, what she'd been running against. She was pretty good as a three-year-old last year. And actually, the race at Churchill, the Dogwood grade three, which is two back for her, but ran last September. I thought she had a really good trip, almost perfect trip. So I actually can downgrade that. And you can see she was two to five in the race. She didn't beat all that much in that race. But she did what she had to do. I don't want to hold it against her too much. She won by six lengths, and she could have won by more. She came back at Colonial, and she only got a 78 buyer, which I'm hoping scare, scares people away. However, it was off a long layoff, and she was four wide in a four-way speed duel that collapsed. And, and a couple words at a short price, nine to two shot, who I can't read my handwriting, but didn't finish very well. A five to two shot who came in seventh, uh, and a long shot who came in fifth. Um, I think that nine to two shot faded to the back or walked home. I can't remember what I wrote. So, but but I have a extreme closer. Um, I don't, don't want to say bias, but the way the race was run, it was extremely favorite close. She ran a heck of a race, like really good race. Caribbean caper off a layoff, so maybe this is against tougher. But I think she runs really well here. She can sit. She was probably you know there's six furlongs. She should come up in pace. She's done it well. She can probably sit a great trip, and and I'm all over the fort five to one or anything close to that. I might even single that horse, but I, I like to use a three club car. Also, there's one or two other words I like a little bit, but I don't want to talk the whole time. So GQ, I'll let you jump in if you have anything else, and then we can uh, wrap up the race. The disappointing thing about this field, I, I can't blame the field, but you look at the you know all these races these horses have run in, and these fillies and mares, not horses, fillies and mares. And they're not running against as far as quantity. I mean, all you see is five, four, six. I mean, if you see, you know, a, a 12, 
That's because uh, had um, the horse all the way on the outside. That was a turf race. I mean, other than that, you know, there isn't they're they're not competing against much, which maybe you know it's deceptive saying these horses have speed because there ain't much else they're in the race to to run against. But you know, the early pace figures. Uh, I don't see any triple digit ones, and then you know I, I, I'm the Brisnet guy. None of them have triple digit early pace figures, which is rare when you're talking about uh, speed. And I, I correct myself. Way back uh, last year, Happy Soul all the way on the outside of the two stakes races, the Astoria and the Dixie Bell, back you know two years ago, a year ago, and. Uh, in February, you know, they were triple digit early pace. So maybe happy souls, the speed of the speed, but the other so-called speed, you know, they're only in the low nineties, which really isn't, you know, burning it up. So, you know, maybe happy soul is uh, the one coming off of that, uh, uh, you know, huge turf uh, debut. But again, another one of my, idiosyncrasy angles that I don't like that you you scoff at first time versus elders she's been she's been running against her own own age group uh so far so she puts on her big girl pants today test uh so no I would be against happy soul so all right there's a few words I'll stick with Irad second item source all right you can bet your place and be happy so uh there's a couple of words before we move on. I think we should mention, um, and we don't have to spend an hour on them, but at least 30 seconds. The five Sconson, who obviously has the class of the race, was competitive in grade ones, we said, grade one place, uh, won a grade two for fun at Churchill a couple of years ago. I, I don't think she's the same horse personally as a five-year-old. Um, the numbers are going in the wrong direction. Could she bounce back? Yeah, I just, I didn't find excuses in her last, few races so i don't have a reason to upgrade her um i mean two back she got squeezed and the 16th pole hurt some i wrote so it's not in the pps that's uh the august 13th race for sconson um but i don't know she really just seems to have tailed off the seven slammed i'm not against whatsoever i'm against the the price if and we'll see how accurate the morning line is. It, it seems okay. Uh, Nick Tamaro is the new morning line guy there, so hopefully he does a good job. Uh, wish him luck. But the seven slammed at three to one. She's fine. Uh, her last race was solid. Um, there was a decent pace that she was up on. She dueled a 12 to one. She would have came in last. But the other horse on the pace was a four to five shot, Edgeway. Edge, Edgeway, right? Who was a very good sprinter in his own her own right, but she was coming off a layoff too, so who knows? I'm not against slammed. I couldn't win. I just rather take a little bit of a price. And the other one is the nine who you briefly mentioned, Happy Soul. That's the one of the three I'm mentioning that I'm actually higher on. Like that would be my third horse if I went three deep, Happy Soul. Um, her race two back at Belmont in the victory ride um, was was better than it looks, I think, because I thought that was a pretty good uh, pace on there. Uh, Hot Peppers ended up winning the race and i think uh hot peppers was up on the pace though uh so that kind of you know the horse that she was battling with one of them was winning uh that's not a great sign but 
Uh, I still thought she ran better than it looks. Then she did what she had to do. Well, actually, she didn't. She lost them. So I haven't crossed out. So I couldn't even see it. You know, last race was on the turf a little long, uh, whatever. Plus, that the Happy Soul uh, two-back race was six and a half, probably a little further than she wants. So six off. I'm not in love with Happy Soul, but that would be one possibility because she's shown the ability to raid or maybe she can go to the lead. But I, I don't hate her. Um, the one, if you want to close her, the one is not a terrible choice as a close, a little tootsie. I don't want to talk all day, though. That's one I might throw in. But right now, I'm really high on, on Caribbean Caper, the four. Uh, and I'm going to bank a lot of bets on her. And, and I'll use Club Car with her. So in my bets, I'll have a lot of four, three, and a few other horses, like the ones I mentioned. Uh, I'll try and beat a few of the shorter prices. Other than them, I'll have a bunch of four with a few with three and third. I'll probably put the three over the four a little bit, just not nearly as much. I'll have a lot more four three. I'll have exact as four three. And that's kind of how I'm going to bet this race um, and, and key really the four a lot in multi-race bets too. GQ, anything else before we move on? Now, it might be coincidence or not when you were talking about Wisconsin. I was just looking at her record or whatever. I mean, she's stabled at Churchill. Um the majority of her good races came at Churchill. And so maybe she doesn't ship well. Who knows? I mean, well, she does have a second. She has her she has her highest that speed figure of her 19 race career at Keeneland, even though it came in a second place, a runner up effort. Well, so, you know, but you just don't know. But I mean, Here's the joke. Oh, her last race, she ran third in a minor stakes race. If that was her only stakes race, she'd have, she'd get black type. She ran last because there were only three horses in the race. So let's not get started about black type and all that crap. Yeah, and I'm I'm against Wisconsin, um, but so you. Uh, I, oh, I'm sorry, you cut out. So I thought you were done. But no, uh, I am done. I am all right. Done. I mean, she's running in grade one raising against monsters at Keeneland. That that's why she has a bad record there. Now, right. like track, you answered your own question. I think when you said her speed figure there. All yeah. right, so let's move on to race eight, the first lady, uh, grade one, a mile on the turf, and we have some old friends here who've been around the block. We've talked a lot about Princess Grace on this show, technical analysis. One of our favorites because we made a lot of money within Italian, although we didn't make as much as we should have, I remember. Uh, Regal Glory we've talked about and Market Rumor. So um, we've talked about a lot of these. And if you remember, or our few loyal close listeners might remember, I loved in Italian last time she ran in the Diana back in July. It's been a while. Uh, got eight to one on her that day. And I was extremely excited to get that because the race before in the Just the Game on June 11th, she was in an insane pace battle. I don't remember who it was with offhand. And of course she quit. The fact that she held on even a little bit was so impressive to me. And that's why I liked her last time. She was a four-year-old uh, getting better and improving. She easily could be two. I mean, she was the best in the just the game, in my opinion, by far. So she's basically two for two in my book in a grade one. I know she's one for two, but she was the best in two of them. So, And you can argue last time she had an easy lead. I don't want to hold it against her that she had a fairly easy lead. Uh, she did what she could. She wasn't getting caught. And if she didn't have an easy lead, I still would have liked her. Uh, my only problem is now I got to get about five to two or something like that on her rather than eight to one. Uh, so I, I made some money last time on her. And the question is, do I want to go back to the well again? And I think I'm going to go back to the well again, even at the shorter price, because I'm I'm a big fan. I think she's good. And I have some, I don't know, I want to say knocks, but I have some reasons why maybe the others are 
not as good as her in this spot. And she could be the controlling speed again with not much speed signed on here. Um, the two Princess Grace has some speed and maybe they'll change tactics, Princess Grace, but she's run against Delika a few times. And each time she lets Delika go to the lead and Delika just wires her because Delika has easy leads. <laughs> I think Princess Grace might be better than Delika, but the way the races were run, Delika had easy leads. So maybe Giroud's like, all right, I'm not doing that again. The problem is in Italian to me is a lot better than, I don't say a lot, but it's better than Delika. That's my opinion. So if he tries to go with in Italian, Princess Grace is going to be toast, I think. So he might sit again. And I know technical analysis has shown speed, but do you think Chad's going to send two hordes against each other and tell Pratt to go? I, I can't envision that one. So you could see an easy lead for an Italian or, you know, not too fast of a pace. And I just think an Italian is the best horse here. I know Regal Glory fans, and I'm, I've always been a fan of hers. Uh, they might argue with me, and I'll talk more about that in a moment, but I want to bring uh, GKU into this uh, race here. Um, do you have a thought on the pace scenario? Do you think the way I saw it is is how it's going to go? And is there anyone that you lean to here or anyone you don't like here, including if you don't like it in Italian, I won't be offended. You can tell me. No, well, the, here, here's the thing. It's a, it, it's a, you know, Peter Brandt has in Italian, and he also owns Regal Glory. And the fact that Chad has three horses in this race of six, you know, everybody bitches and complains about how races are run when Chad has majority of horses. But I don't know, I'm I'm a Regal Glory fan. I just think she's she's awesome. Um, you know, yeah, she ran second in the four star Dave. That was against the boys for the first time. I just think that, you know, uh I don't know. She just needs the additional rest, but she gets it. And when she does, she just runs her best off off the the layoff, you know, extended layoff. And, you know, she's two months, you know, a little less than two months. I, if I get six to five, I'll happily take six to five because you know what? We're making sports bets and we're, we're, we're betting nine to nine to 10. We're getting shorter on uh, sports bets. I, I, I really like her here, Mr. Chalky Weasel. But no, I mean, you know, if if an Italian's able to go and Dad says, oh, Flavian, uh, you know, don't, don't want you to go out with the, uh, you know, it's a, it's in Italian's time to shine. I, you know, who else yeah. is going to go? Nobody. And Chad's got a good chance if his pores don't get in the speed of coming in one, right. two, three here. So he's not going to want to blow that. So here, here's my argument for in Italian over Regal Glory. When they ran against each other in the Just the Game, as I mentioned earlier, I didn't mention right. Regal Glory by name. I know Regal Glory won by three, but it was and, – and listen, in Italian is picking up six pounds also from that race if you care yeah. about that. I don't care that much. But, I do. You know, I'd rather not. I'm, but, I'm one of the few who care about weight. You no, know, listen – and, and and everybody will say, oh, weight doesn't matter until they want to bring it up, which is ridiculous. You so, either have the argument all the time or never. Well, I just brought it up in case people do care. I don't care that much about it a little bit. Right. Um, but just for people out there, if they, you do care and, and you missed it. But anyway, when they ran against each other, I said, in a town, it was an insane speed dome. Regal Glory just set a perfect, perfect trip. Now, Regal Glory is a terrific, terrific horse. And I would not be shocked if she wins this at all. 
But out of that race, I said, I want to bet in Italian over Regal Glory. Now they both ran elsewhere after that, and they both won. Now I get my chance to do it. So I'm going to stick with in Italian here over Regal Glory uh, because of that reason. And the other thing, too, is it's not just how they run against each other. Because you can look at a race and say, oh, these two horses ran. I thought that horse ran better. But how are they going to come into this race? Well, in Italian, like I said, is a four-year-old who was you know, relatively light, lightly raced and should only be better. Now, in Italian's coming off a layoff since July, but it's Chad Brown. I'm not worried about the layoff whatsoever. It doesn't even, you know, it's not one iota in my uh, betting uh, that that layoff. So I don't mind that. If that scares you away, that's fine. But um, so my point is, Real Glory was already a six-year-old. Real Glory is an excellent horse in excellent um, um, form, but she's not necessarily getting better where I think think in Italian is improved yeah. from that race. And I thought she ran a monster race. So I'm with an Italian over real glory. No, I, again, I, I do respect um, real glory. Technical analysis. I'm fine with too. She's a very nice horse too. She did nothing wrong winning the Bolton spa. Um, when she ran against in Italian two back in the Diana, there really wasn't much of a pace. Uh, I shouldn't say that there was a fast pace, but in Italian did it all alone. And even if you're going fast, when you do it alone, it's not that hard. So if you want to argue that there wasn't much of a pace, but I, I, I can't see this being nearly as fast a pace here. Uh, maybe in Italian we'll have someone contesting her, but if anything, that'll be technical analysis. So I, I'm not against technical analysis. She's also a four-year-old, could be improving, uh, but I don't want to bet her over in Italian here. And then the other horses, Vigilante's way to me doesn't fit here, but I could be wrong, so I'm tossing that horse. Princess Grace also, I just, and I'm a fan of that horse, but she's more of a grade three horse. Her grade one, Beverly D against Delica, wasn't the toughest field other than her and Delica. So I, I don't know. I'm not against her. The long shot who I would actually use in my bets here would be the six market rumor. I just thought she ran pretty well last time. It was a grade three. There's a much tougher spot, but there was really no pace. That was the race I referenced a little bit with Delica just walking around the track with Princess Grace walking around the track in, uh, in second, and Market Rumor is one of the few people who actually, a uh, few horses who actually made up ground in that race. So I think Market Rumor is the long shot to bet here if you want to bet a long shot. So I'm going to single in Italian in the multi-race bets. I, I don't need to add the other chalks. Obviously, listen, if you're singling a 20 to one shot or 15 to one shot somewhere else, and you want to add in Italian Regal Glory and stuff like that, that that's fine, I guess, because you have that long shot, you don't want to lose it. But for my purposes, I'm I have some prices, but I'm not singling some 30 to one, 20 to one shot. So I'm just going to use in Italian and like the pick five and stuff like that. If I bet the race, the way I would bet it is I would put in Italian on top and I bet market rumor underneath, mostly in third, maybe a little second where it's like in Italian, say over regal glory over market rumor, or maybe even in Italian over technical analysis over market rumor, something like that, where. You know, one of the two chads have to run under in Italian, but market rumor also gets in the mix there. I'm not sure I'm going to do that, but that's the only way I can see betting this race. Um, I just don't know market rumor is good enough to to beat one of these chads. But again, you know, maybe you can beat one of them and come in third, and, and then I can bet tries in Italian, like four with three, five with six, something like that, or four with six with three, five a little bit. That's the only way I see betting this race other than the the horizontals. GQ, did you want to add anything else on that race? I'm just going. I'll throw you a curveball. Not a curveball, just an opinion. Um, how many of these show up for the Philly Mayor Breeders' Cup turf? Oh, I have no idea. I'm sure a few of them. I would think most of them. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. I mean, well, the Philly Mayor turf. It's good. 
I'm not, like, I know I shouldn't be, but I'm not like a big race guy. So yeah. I don't really know what goes on here. <laughs> the breeders come. Do they have that, that Philly mare is what, like about a mile and a quarter, a mile three? It's a long race, right? I thought it was a mile and an eighth, maybe. Oh, okay. I could be wrong. Yeah, I was going to say, is there like a, uh, there's the mile, but I think that's like for the, I mean, the girls can join, but that's for the boys. Because yeah. most of these are more like, well, I shouldn't say most of them, but these are more milers, I think, than mile and definitely mile and a quarter horses. So True. if the, Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Turf is longer than a mile and an eighth, then I don't think many of these will show up. If it is a mile and an eighth, a few of them might show up. But um, uh, I don't know what the other options are in the Breeders' Cup for these horses. If they have to go against the boys running a mile, if there's a, a mile for the girls, I don't think. So, uh, again, I'm not really sure. I don't pay attention to that. But anyway, was that your your? Yeah, design? that was just a, a yeah curiosity question. That's all. All right. The next race is race nine, the Breeders' Cup Futurity. This is one race where I don't have much of an opinion um, I thought Forte would be a little shorter price. He's three. She's no, he, I'm sorry. He's three to one in the morning line. I think you have to decide what to do with Forte. Cause I think Forte might be a little shorter there. If you're a Forte fan, you want to either use Forte in single or go really short. Or if you want to try and bet against Forte and spread a little bit again, I'm not sure what to do. I don't really want golden pal in the first leg. I don't want Forte here. And in Italian, I'm singling. You know, now you're talking about me singling a, a three to five shot, a four to five in the first leg, singling a, what I think is going to be about two to one here, singling a five to two or something like that in Italian, if I get that much. You know, now I have three horses at very short prices. What's Even if I get the longest shots. And, and the other race, I like a five to one shot, right? The um, That uh, sprint race um, where I like the four horse. So I can't really, if I'm betting a pick five, I, there's no point in, in betting Forte and uh, Golden Pal with the other horse I like. Unless I'm really skinny and betting it for like five bucks or ten bucks or something like that, which I could do. I just didn't have an opinion this race. I, I think Forte is a horse to beat, and there appears there could be pace. I I, I really don't know. I, I don't like giving opinions on races I don't have opinions on. I can talk about some of the trips and what I see from some of the horses really quickly, and I'll, I'll do that real quick. Before I do that, though, did you want to uh, say anything about this race or Forte or just in general? No, I mean, yeah, that two-year-olds i mean their form can change like the wind you know they're still growing some of them faster than others and it, it it's a tricky race and you know as as we start to give excuses to everybody watch you know forte will win easy but um yeah i like you said it, it almost comes down to like trips trying to find trips or you know what have the horses they've beaten done? And uh, it's, you know, it, there there is anything that stands out that says, oh, you know, here, here here's a price horse that uh, is being overlooked. I, I, I don't see anything in, in here for that. Well, it's funny because usually I love these kind of races. Like when I win big, a lot of times these two-year-old races, I remember Lawyer Tom, if you remember that race, Kentucky, yes. going back like two years now or more. Um, that was a two-year-old race, if I'm not mistaken. And it was the second time started. It was like a stakes race. It wasn't this race, but it was at Kentucky Downs. But because people get so, and you alluded to it without saying it, people get so consumed with speed figures and all that they don't realize what you said about these two-year-olds. They're changing so rapidly that instead of focusing on speed figures, look who ran better than it looks like and who ran worse than it looks. And 
that's kind of how I bet anyway, because you get value on betting horses who ran better than it looks, and you don't get value on horses who run, who ran worse than it actually looks. Meaning it looks, oh, they ran a great race, but they didn't really run that well because they had an easy lead, something like that. And, and it was not that hard to do what they did. And with these two-year-olds, you really can get paid like that. So just going through a few trips here, the one frosted departure, I thought it had a fairly easy lead against Allowance Company. But one easily uh, and should take to the two turns based on the, uh, you know, out of Frosted, who's out of Tappet. So I'm not against the one. The two logins, I would play against. Not this horse can't win. But again, you're getting it because of the speed figure and Brad Cox also. Listen, you go against Brad Cox. I'm not going to say anything to get in trouble on the air. But, you know, he wins at magical rates. And listen, his horse could be tiring in the stretch and then I'll magically find a second gear and win. And I wouldn't be shocked if Loggins does that, the two. But this horse had a nearly perfect trip to win. One by a ton, I understand that. But do you want a short price on a horse coming off a perfect trip, having to step up now, not only in class, but also because most of them are stepping up in class, but also stretching out. Out of go zapper, out of a blame mare, the distance shouldn't be a problem at all. So I can see liking Loggins, but that's the kind of horse I try and beat at a short price. Hone, the three horse I thought ran better than it looks, got cut off some early last time, uh, was rank and kind of blew the first turn and was really far back, probably further than uh, he wanted to be and further than Julian Leperu wanted to be. I thought that race, the Iroquois, which a few of these are coming out of, benefited closers slightly, not big time, but I thought the pace was honest there and I thought closers had a slight edge. So I had a decent setup, but did have some significant trouble in the race. So I thought that horse ran a much better race than first out, honed, and couldn't improve again. That's one that I'll, you know, I'll definitely have on my ticket. The three, the four confidence games. Brayton has made in two back had a three wide trip, um, chasing a pace that fell apart. I really like that race. The speed figure wasn't being two back at the fifty eight buyer, I think it is, but I thought that horse ran really well. Stretched out last time in that Iroquois, and had a half a length to a length slow start, which isn't on the thing. Had a wide trip, four to five wide on the first turn. Was like three wide on the second turn. I don't think, and Chase, you know, got up close to a fairly decent pace. I mean, obviously, Nick Tamaro is being very um, aggressive with the morning line. I don't think he's getting 50 to one, but I would definitely use the four at a big price. 50 to one, I'll be, you know, unloading on this horse. Probably won't win, but we'll win a lot more than 50, you know, one out of 50 times. Um, the five instant coffee, I'll try and go quicker. I'm sorry. The five instant coffee, I thought I had a very good trip saving ground. Um, no one was gaining on this horse. Like he won easily, if you will, uh, was going to, you know, they could have gone around again. He probably holds on, but again, a horse is coming off a good trip. It's Brad Cox. It's Luis Saez. Horse could easily win, but it's a horse I'm going to try and beat because that, and the other thing is because I'm kind of not really betting big long shots in the other legs. I don't need a short price here. And it's not like a short price. You're going to get a $10 horse or something, but I'm really, you know, trying to blow things up here. Um, the only short price horse I'm thinking of is a seven forte who I thought, you know, had a good trip last time, but I thought ran well and might just be better than some of these. So that's the only short price I'm I'm contemplating here. Just running through a few more of them. Uh, the, the nine, I thought had an easily last time for the most part, fairly easily, and then got in a duel, but then opened up again. And I'm kind of against, but 15 to one, Joel Rosario. I don't want to talk you off that horse for Wesley Ward. So I shouldn't have said anything. Uh, I'm not going to talk you off small, short horses. So let me just go to some long shots that I had. Tougher trips than they look. The 12, good heart. It was on the turf, but got in a huge duel with a long shot and ended up coming in last. I don't know if it's impressive to defeat a long shot like that, but the 12, good heart. If that horse takes to the dirt, I think has an outside shot here. 
Um, not exactly the posts I would want, the 12 posts, but for 20 to 1 or probably more, I would not be against that horse and definitely use that horse. And then the 14 powerful 20 to 1 for Steve Asmussen coming off a maiden win, but I thought ran uh, really well. I upgraded the last uh, effort. Probably can sit off the pace. I mean, you would think Nyquist can go long. Pulpit is not exactly a, you know screaming long distance to me. Pulpit was what's ran the Derby back in 90, what was that? 96, 98, whatever. It was like the best derby ever, or the best three-year-old group of my lifetime, I think, with um, Pulpit and Captain Bodgen and Silver Charm, not to get off on a tangent. But Pulpit just was a little distance limited. But I, I would use a 14 despite the post because you're getting a big price. So the words I'm definitely using, the three hone, the four confidence game, the uh, 12 good heart, the 14 powerful, that's just four of them. I got to decide on Forte just from a money standpoint. I definitely want to use Forte, and I should just say I'm using Forte so I sound smart when he wins, but those are the horses that I'm debating between those five are using. And then I might throw in a couple other long shots, but I don't want to blab all day. Those are my main four price horses, though. Three, four, 12, 14. GQ, go for it. Uh, Yeah, I, I was kind of looking at horses that are bred to do the two turns, even though a couple of these already have. Uh, two of them that I'm looking at are the 10, Lost Ark, two for two, no secret. Got juice at Mammoth um, because they allow it in two-year-olds. Uh, one going away, third place horse came back to, to uh, win. And uh, I think the 11, Red, Red Root 1 is interesting. Steve Asmussen for Winchell Thoroughbreds, you know. Gun uh, homebred gun runner sire, yeah, it has a has a lot of good turf influence, but I just don't see Winchell as the type of owner that is in love with you know breeding turf horses. So I think it's interesting after you know uh, breaking his maiden second time out on the turf uh, shows up here on on the dirt. You know maybe. Uh, you know, the horse had, you know, is showing something in the morning on the dirt that uh, says, hey, let's give it a shot. Maybe uh, get some derby fever uh, going on. So uh, and uh, powerful is another one simply because, yeah, uh, even though you have questions on the damn side with pulpit, the the numbers are strong for, for getting the mile and the 16th distance. And, uh, you know, connections obviously were high on the horse because it's gone, went off favorite in its debut. And, um, you know, again, you, you look at that last race, uh, who did he beat? Well, you know, uh, the two horses that were closest to, uh, to him, uh, Tappet's Conquest and something madness. Uh, they oh, came man. back to break its maiden. So, you know, uh, that's what I look at when you're trying to figure out two-year-olds who all, you know, look good on paper because it's a two-year-old stake race, so, so they've all uh, won. So uh, that's just different things to look at in a helpless uh, race of uh, uh, 16 entered that, you know, it doesn't make sense to spread a lot because this is probably the race that everybody's going to spread. 
Yeah, I would think so. So you got to decide what you're going to do here. You want to do the opposite of others. But if, if you can differentiate yourself in the other legs or feel good about a price that you may be single, you know, then, then you know, spreading might not be the end of the world, even if others are. So again, sorry, not strong opinion there. We'll go to the last race where I have some opinions. And um, our old friend, as uh, I believe, I don't want to throw Doug McPherson under the bus. He's not here to defend himself, but I believe it was he and you on the show back in like 2020. We're talking a long time ago where I said how I love Casa Creed and, oh, he's a hanger. My favorite hanger. That's that, my favorite hanger. hanger. Meanwhile, the horse went on to win like 17 grade ones since then, but a hanger. All um, in the Empire State. And I feel like Casa Creed is the Rodney Dangerfield of horses. This is a horse. Take away the Saudi Arabian or Dubai races where there's I don't know, no betting, whatever, even though there is, but it's not in the program. The last 11 starts Casa Creed has had in the U.S., he's won four of them. He has not been favored in any of those 11 starts. <laughs> so either he's beating horses he's not supposed to beat and he's that good, or he just gets no betting respect. And I hope he's not the favorite here because I just assumed that he would be the favorite on the morning line. He's not. And I assumed he'd be the favorite, but maybe people just don't like this horse. Um, and I hope that's the case because I'm still a Casa Creed fan. Uh, I thought this horse ran well, two back at Belmont, going six furlongs, first back from Dubai and still one, which sometimes that can be difficult. Saved all the ground, two back in the Jiper, but there really wasn't much of a pace and still closed very impressively. And then came back last time, saved ground, um, yada, yada, yada. But again, there really wasn't much of a pace in the four-star Dave and still um, made up ground, won easily, and did what he had to do. Maybe this is a tougher race. I don't know. Picking up a few pounds, going to another track. You're going to tell me he doesn't like because he's 0 for 2 there, even though he got a 99 buyer, and it was because it was the Breeders' Cup, the other race he was in. So he didn't win the Breeders' Cup. He doesn't like Keeneland because of that. So I, I like Cascade. I'm not going to single Cascade. I'm kind of happy. I hope the morning line is accurate because at 5 to 1, I can use a, a couple other horses here that I like as well. But I think Casa Creed would probably be my top pick um, out of all these horses. And there's a few more I want to talk about, but GQ, you look like you want to uh, say something to either defend yourself or knock my boy, Casa Creed. So go ahead. Well, uh, you you keep saying, oh, all he does is win. He wins here. He (laughs) wins there. Grade one, grade one. He's got seven lifetime wins. Six have been within the Empire State. And last time I looked at my geography, I don't think Keeneland is in New York State. So, and I got a call. Can you hear this? In 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 the mindless uh, angles of you know horses that I don't know. You're talking over, so I don't know if the uh, music played through the uh, microphone. But I was playing a little DJ Kali Kali Khaled. I forgot how to pronounce it. I should. I'm dating myself. Uh, Khalid, I think. Uh, all I yeah. do is win win. All I do is yeah. win win. Yes, it, ahead, in, I'm sorry, I in, cut you off. In, in a Naira on a Naira surface, <laughs> you know, on a Naira surface. So you have to, you have to go back to a couple years ago. So, uh, the only time this horse has ever won, uh, when you did. The owner didn't need a New York uh, racing license. Was at Gulfstream, and that was probably his maiden when he was two. <laughs> didn't know any better. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't become fond uh, of the Empire State yet. 
So I love it. Just keep digging a hole. <laughs> hey, hey, you've done it you, for three you know years. What? You might as well stay in that hole. <laughs> you know what? If, if if we just did, you know, kiss one another's ass about horses we liked, <laughs> it would be a boring uh, podcast. So that I is have, true. I have to spice it. And you know, one point seven million earned. Yeah, you know, hanger. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. So. Let's move on from Casa Creek because there are other horses who are good in this race. You have some grade one winners, if I'm not mistaken, in this field. It does uh, set that... up nicely for him because there is a yeah. lot of speed. That was going to be my either question or comment to you. Um, you look like you have, what, three speeds in this race with classic Causeway, um, smooth like straight, and some like it hot brown. Yeah, uh, yeah. Although, I mean, definitely some like it hot brown can raid. He's done that before. Um, classic Causeway, uh, they just seem to want to go with this horse and smooth like straight, I, I guess kind of wants to go too. It doesn't really, you know, come off the pace, I guess can a little bit if it needs to a length back, but, um, yeah, it doesn't look like pace, although I'm New York, so I'm jaded and, you know, whenever we have paces here on paper, they never pan out. So maybe it will in Kentucky. I don't know. Um, but should be, you know, pace to set up for the, uh, for Casa Creed and the other couple of horses that I like here, I'm going to mention two others, if you don't mind. Um, the six Ivar, who I also, I don't know if I'm getting six to one on. I hope so. I think he'll be a little shorter as well, but maybe I'm wrong. There's a horse who, um, is a solid horse is, uh, has a win at Keeneland. So you're happy about that. I don't care. Came off a layoff at Hoosier, Indiana, whatever they call it, Horseshoe, Indiana, and won the race, but had an amazing setup. Some like in Hot Brown and Gray's Fable, I think it was, dueled like crazy in that race, set it up for Ivar. But Ivar doesn't run well off of the layoff. So I'm kind of like torn because I'm like, that race is not nearly as good as it looks. Again, this is Ivar's race two back. But Ivar was probably not nearly cranked up enough. Then ran at Woodbine, second off the layoff last time, where it's not easy to ship in and win there. A lot of times the local horses do really well. Ran against Modern Games, who is probably the favorite for the Breeders' Cup turf or whatever the race is called or mile breeders cup mile um so ran against the, the favorite for the mile and who put up an insane speed figure i think that day and got bumped at the 316th pole this is ivar and lost some momentum what's gonna catch modern games don't get me wrong but it would have been a lot closer than it was uh i that, this was around a bang up race third off a layoff now in fact i might even like ivar more than casa creed I, i'm pretty even on the two of them. I'm not a jockey guy, but I think there's a big difference. Cascade is a big edge, but um, those two are definitely on my ticket. And then the other horse, I'm going to use the horse that I mentioned in passing there. And I liked him on the show a few weeks ago when we covered Kentucky Downs. Then the race got rained out. They came back another day and he ran in that race. I'm talking about the four Gray's Fable. Um, so let, let me start over with Gray's Fable. He ran in that Indiana race also, three back for him on July 9th against Ivar and some like Hot Brown. Dueled some like it Hot Brown, insane duel, and quit. So I would upgrade both of those performances. The thing is, Gray's Fable isn't necessarily a speed horse. He's shown speed at times when he wants to or needs to, but he doesn't have to show speed. And uh, the jockey, I'm really not familiar with a French guy, I believe, or woman, it might be a girl, came back Ellis Park, August 7th, Grace Fable the four, and closed and won. And I didn't race favorite closers. I thought ran well. It was obviously a much easier field than this. It wasn't even close class-wise. Then came back in the grade three at Kentucky Downs. I said, I liked that day. I was um, planning on singling or, or betting, uh, but got rained out. It was a Saturday. And then they moved the card to the weekday. And I think I, I had to miss the race. and I didn't bet it or I can't remember, which I saved money. 
So I'm like, oh, I guess I was wrong because I looked at the result. I saw Gray's Fable fifth. I'm like, oh, all right. I guess I was wrong. But Gray's Fable, it says hop broke in the air. It wasn't a big hop, but definitely hopped at the start and checked badly on the backstretch to last. Lost a few lengths. So I had a really tough trip last time. And you know what? If he doesn't have that tough trip, again, I don't know if I actually bet the race after they changed it. I can't remember, but at least I would have looked smart picking this horse at 18 to 1. Ran a really good race. And yes, this is a grade one. There's a step up, but you're getting 20 or 30 to one on the horse. I'm not taking a short price. And I want to have this horse on my tickets, probably overmatched a little bit. But other than the top two, I'm not in love with anyone necessarily. So I'm with six Ivar, nine Costa Creed. I want to throw in the four. And there's one or two others I might use, but I'm talking a lot. So GQ, I'll throw it over to you uh, for any comment on this race. And then I'll, I'll mention one or two if you don't mention them. Oh, I... A couple minutes after saying we don't kiss one another's ass, I'm going to go back on that and, and do it here because what you had mentioned about Ivar, liking Ivar at six to one and all that. Here's a here's an interesting thing. You talk about superstitions or just you know what works and what doesn't work with horses. You go back to last year, October third at Keeneland, Ivar ran in the Shadwell Turf Mile, which this year is called the Coolmore Turf Mile, wound up winning. And what changed from the previous race that uh, back then when he ran at Kentucky Downs to winning the Turf Mile? Do you see it? I see. First of all, it was two years ago. I don't know if you said that. It was 2020. But um, oh, oh, yes. sorry. Took, two years took the ago. blinkers off. Yes, very good. Yes. Linkers are off. So looky here. Look what's happening on Saturday. Ivar's been running with blinkers his last four races. Boom! Blinkers off. Will lightning strike twice? Well, my only problem with this race is I just don't buy the morning line. I think those two are going to be the two favorites, and I think they're going to be like three to one range. And that's why I'm a little reluctant to use the both of them and, and another. But if the morning line's right, well, then definitely. I'll, well, I'll you know what? If if Keeneland was smart and they needed someone who could make a morning line, all they had to do was look me up. You know, I'm not going to bash Nick Tamaro. Other than the fact I reached out to him, oh, about a half a year ago, asking if he'd like to be on you know, as a, one of our guests, and I heard crickets. Maybe, hmm. maybe, maybe he's too big for our <laughs> little podcast. But you know what? If any track needs a morning line odds maker, just give old GQ a call. And you know what? I'll do it on my dime for the first month. And you know what? If I suck, which that won't happen, then you can just hire someone else but so it's a it's an open audition i'm pleading to tracks who you question their morning line i know how to make a freaking morning line yes gq is terrific at it his uh buddy keith fusel maybe will uh retire before <laughs> gq does i don't know because he might be younger it's close uh keith's we'll younger see. than me is he i figured as much i didn't want to insult you or him though um yeah so that's my only question on this race in the morning listen he, i don't want to judge the morning line because i don't know if he's right or wrong i think this race you know what i shouldn't say that because i i look quickly santin santine will get bet so i i apologize um he will be the favorite I think the other two will be shorter, though. I think Santino will be shorter, and I think those three will get bet heavily in this spot. I think 
some of the others will drift up. I could be wrong. It doesn't even matter right now that much uh, to me, you know, what, what it is exactly. Uh, I'll see when the race comes as far as betting the race, but I'm going to bet against Santine and maybe I have a I don't know, death wish is not, it's not that serious a, a thing. <laughs> it's just a horse race, but uh, I'm going to bet against this horse. And again, I could be wrong, but here's why I'm going to bet against the horse. So we had Emily Gullickson on this show and we went over the Derby and, Santine ran on uh, Derby Undercard, and he won that race. And I didn't like him that day because I didn't love his race before that. And I was wrong, I guess. But then I said, you know what? I, I looked at the way the track was playing. He was outside in the good part of the track. I thought he had a great setup. It wasn't a fast pace and perfect spot. And I was like, yeah, maybe I was right. Maybe Santine's not that great. Came back in the grade one Manhattan, which was a very tough field, although he took a lot of money. And maybe, or not maybe, was probably too far for this horse. Um, so I I mean, followed Tribuvin for a while and then quit. I don't think it was really a fast pace or anything like that. So I kind of ignored the two-back race. Then comes back in the Arlington Million, sat off of Smooth Like Straight, and went right by Smooth Like Straight and won easily. So not done anything wrong, put up big speed figure, four-year-old improving. It's not a horse I'm like dying to bet against or anything like that. But I just feel like Smooth Like Straight is not a mile and an eighth horse. That was too far. That's one reason why um, Smooth Like Straight I don't want to say quit, but Santine was able to pass easily. And, and listen, Santine's fine. I just think has oh, good trips, good setups. Maybe he's improving. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I said I don't dislike the horse. I just don't want the horse as a favorite here or anything close. And he will be a favorite or co-favorite. So I'm going to try and beat Santine. I'm not like dying to beat Santine, but I'm going to leave him off. Plus, like I said, I don't really have huge prices. I mean, I have a couple long prices in that um uh, previous cup futurity, but you know, for the most part, I don't have huge prices, so I'm okay trying to beat Santine here. So, I, I mentioned a few horses that I liked already. The only other horses that I would think about adding are the um, three Order of Australia who came last year to run in uh, this race and did not run very well in this race last year, but I thought ran very well at Longchamp last time, came in second, but was kind of too wide, three wide, and you know, sometimes they run a straightaway that was not that was. A lot of turning in that race, it seemed like. It was one turn, but it seemed like a long turn. Uh, so I thought just had a wide trip, which is not the way you're going to be. You want to be. And unless my program's wrong, Order of Australia has one other thing going for him. Do you know what that might be, GQ? Um, Christoph Solomon's only mount on the card. Something like that. Christian, or whatever his name is. Chris Sumian, I believe it's pronounced. I okay. could be wrong. Uh, that of the people's elbow. Did you see what happened? Yes, yes. I was going to say, isn't this the same guy? Who he is the guy who, the he, he kind of said, Sonny Leon, you want to elbow someone? Hold my beer. And he not only elbowed a guy, he knocked him off his horse. So you got a guy who's willing to take out the competition. I'm, I'm making light of a what should be a serious situation, but I believe the rider, the horse was fine. And the rider turned out to be okay over there. Yeah, um, he I just don't know. There were actually cameras on the backside, you know. Yeah, that that, that was could catch that. That was really, that was so egregious. It was yeah. it was shocking. And I forgot his suspension. I thought he got suspended like significantly. I could be wrong. I didn't look it up. So I don't know if he's even riding or not. So we'll see if he comes over. But I mean, obviously he's a good rider. If he comes, that's fine. If he doesn't, I'm sure um, ain't no rider to find someone as, good. As far as far as Order of Australia, you you mentioned you looked at that last race at mm -hmm. least. Um, and some some of some of his races have the comments from Europe. Uh, 
was he on the on on the lead? Was he mid pack? Uh, yeah, I I didn't like, actually write when he ran here last year. He was nowhere. Yeah, I didn't write it down, but I'm almost positive that he was because he was wearing purple. I think he was like fifth or something out of like eight horses. Okay, uh, he was towards middle pack, towards the back middle, um, but he was two or three wide. I thought at a wide trip. My my concern about him more than anything else. He's at least on the screen here. You know, I'm not I'm not looking at like DRF formulated going back 40 races, but the last 10 or 12 races, he's 0 for 10 in group one or grade one races. Now, the good thing is he's running against top competition. He's in group ones all the time, but he is 0 for 10 in those races. So that's why I'm not sure if I want to use him. And then the other one that I thought about would be Annapolis, <laughs> horse, who you don't like because he's a three-year-old going against older. I just think he's a quality uh, horse. It's funny. You read my mind. There oh, because- God. Because when you said a couple other horses I want to mention, I was going to ask you about, you know, your opinion on Order Australia and also Annapolis. So you're touching on the two horses. How do you like that? You have um, ESPN. There you go. I, I thought this horse and Nation's Pride were the two best three-year-olds, definitely in, in the East Coast here. And um, it's a big step up. He probably won't be able to do it against this competition, but... Uh, I think he's got a chance to back. I didn't think there was a ton of pace for him to close into, and I thought he ran really well in the uh, Saratoga Derby Invitational. And then last race in the grade three Saranac, he he won easy. I just don't know what he's capable of. You know, he had an easy lead against a weaker field. You can see he was one to five or whatever he was. So I I, I don't want to say ignore the last race, but it's almost like if he got challenged and had to run faster, could he have? I, I think, I don't know. Um, it's just, he's going against tougher horses here. That's a big step up in class, but I think he's a horse who's improving and also is just very, very good. So I can see him doing some damage here. Again, if I'm getting 10 to one or more, I'm fine with it. If I'm getting a shorter price, I don't really want him at like four or five to one, but hopefully that price is right. Mason is, you know, might take some more money. I'm not a huge Mason fan, the five horse, but he might take some money here. I thought he had a pretty good trip last time. I don't think smooth like straight is going to be nine to two. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll take all the West coast money, but he always takes money, but this is a tough field. There seems to be a lot of speed. So that's one morning line. I think it's going to be higher, so, but I could be wrong. So is it fair to say, even though you like Casa Creed, you don't love Casa Creed? <laughs> no, I said, I might like Ivar just as much, but I'm mostly Ivar Casa Creed six, nine here. Ha ha. Um, the four I want to use just for the price, even though it probably won't win. And then the three and the eight would be the other ones that if I went five deep, cause I'm really not deep in too many legs. So I probably could do that cause I'm singling in Italian. Um, it's possible I single the first leg with golden pal in race seven, the second leg, I'm probably just using Caribbean caper, the four and, um, club car, the three. So I'm very shallow in this thing. Um, so I, I can probably use those five and then just press meaning bet more than 50 cents on the horses that I like a little more. Um, so maybe only have Order of Australia and the eight Annapolis for 50 cents on tickets. So that's kind of how I see it. I, I don't know that I bet this race um, just vertically, because even though I do like those top two, I can't decide which one I like more. So I'd have to use both of them probably. <laughs> and I don't want to use two four to one shots uh, if I don't have to. And I'm not like totally against Santine. Usually when you bet, it's because you're against the favorite. You can't wait to bet against them. I said, I'm okay betting against Santini, but I'm not dying to. So I probably won't bet this race vertically. There's a chance I do. It's more uh, just trying to get through the pick five here in this race. So that's where I'm at in this sequence. Um, I don't know if I should recap, but I'll do it in like 10 seconds. Keeneland race six on Saturday. The Woodford 
probably going to single Golden Powell. The other horse I would use instead, or if I wanted to add, which I don't think I would with three to five shot, is the five gear jockey, the six oceanic. Those would be my other two. Race seven, I'm probably not going deep. The four Caribbean caper I like a lot. The three club car I like, but I could even single Caribbean caper. I'll definitely press with him on tickets. And I mentioned I'll use those two in my bets where I'll have the four with the three and a lot of vertical bets uh, with a few other horses. You can go back and listen if you want. Race eight, I'm almost definitely singling in Italian. Not the other horses like Regal Glory or Technical Analysis aren't good. I might throw in in that race eight um, on vertical bets, Market Rumor, a long shot, the six horse under in Italian. So I'll have four with a couple of chads with the six Market Rumor, things like that. Race nine is going to be my spread race. I'm using a lot of prices, the three home, the four confidence game, the uh, 12 good heart, the 14 powerful. I think I'm going to throw in Forte because if I'm not using Santine and there was one other, two other favorites I wasn't using, uh, I'll probably throw in um, Forte as well there. So I'll probably be about five or six deep in that race. I, I might even throw in like just about every horse who's 20 to one or more and just leave out the Coxes and probably lose because of that. Um, I know you like Cox, but uh, I'm going to go against Cox there. And race, not there's anything wrong with that, by the way. And then race 10, uh, the turf mile we just talked about. So I won't recap that too much, but um, six, nine, four for me, probably throwing the three and eight a little bit. Hopefully you have the numbers. I didn't read the names. So that's where I'm at. Not too many races. I'm betting vertically. Maybe two of them I'm going to bet vertically in this sequence. Definitely race seven. I'm looking to vertically, possibly even race six. If I decide what to do with, um, with golden pal. And uh, possibly the in Italian over market rumor, but I, I probably wouldn't do that vertically unless the in Italian is a good price, like three to one. I might just bet in Italian to win and, and you know, go there. But anyway, so that's my recap for those who care. I usually don't do that. I figured I would. Why not? Since I'm in a hurry, waste more time. Uh, GQ, you want to uh, wrap up? Any final thoughts? No. Um, good, uh, quick analysis of uh, the races and look forward to a nice weekend. And, uh, I don't know what's going on next week. I know two weeks. What's going on? What's going on two weeks? Maryland, Maryland million action. So we we have we have a gap between Keeneland starting and Maryland million <laughs> in two weeks. So I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, Nick Tamara will uh, come on next week. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> we'll debate we'll see. his morning uh, line mate. I will uh, <laughs> I will be down uh, your way for Maryland Million Weekend. I'm very excited. If anyone's going to be there, feel free to reach out. I was trying to stall, but I didn't stall long enough because Aqueduct's last race is going in the gate just to see if there's a uh, carryover in the pick six because the three favorites are covered, the three, eight, and 12, but everyone else is not covered in the pick six. But I guess people can just look it up or probably know. Plus, people could be listening to this Friday night or Saturday. <laughs> Even if there was a carryover, it's over anyway. So, well, good luck if you're alive in this pick six. I hope you hit it. Otherwise, we're going to sign off. Good luck this weekend. Hope you enjoy the races. And we will speak to you next week. Ta-ta.